The Diatribe Podcast presents Mamahood, the series, a project that is meant to bring forth the unique stories of all parents from all walks of life. Parenthood is colorful and it looks different on everyone. We tackle various topics on this series that may bring tears to your eyes, laughter to your heart, and hopefully a way for you to connect with other parents. So grab a drink or a coffee because let's be real, it's an essential for us parent folk and tune in with understanding, compassion, and appreciation for these unfiltered conversations. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are tuned in for another episode with someone who is so special to me. They're basically family. We have turned into family over the last few years. Um, their names are Ty and Julie. Ty and Julie met through her older brother back in 2005. They connected through AIM Messenger, talk about a throwback, and began their friendship. The foundation of their relationship was focused on an emotional bond since Julie was living in Georgia and Ty was living in New York at the time. Julie then relocated back to New York and their relationship began. The couple welcomed their son in 2012 and were married in October of 2015 in paradise. And that's actually a side story as to how Julie and I really connected. Mm-hmm. Both Ty and Julie work in helping professions and always look to help other people, which is a value that they have also instilled in their seven-year-old son, Noah, who is a sweetheart. Being in a relationship with your life partner at such a young age allowed them to grow into who they are today and together and as individuals. Their relationship is just like a dynamic duo, Kobe and Shaq, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, true partners in crime and best friends. Their time together is most valued, whether it's watching a movie, cracking jokes, or cooking together. Time together is vital, especially with their professions being so demanding. With this, they add God, family, and time as essential values in their relationship. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. My my sister, for real. Literally, like my soul sister. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to dive into it, Julie, because not only are you such a dear friend to me, but I admire you as a mother in so many ways. And Uh what's honestly, and what's interesting about your story is that you guys had Noah really young. Yes. Not um, really young. Like I wouldn't say like, oh my gosh, but you guys were younger and he was definitely a surprise baby. Yes, indeed. Um, How old were you guys? uh, I gave birth to Noah when I was 22. Um, Definitely a surprise baby. Birth control pill did not work. (laughs) It did so, not come through. Uh, no, it did not come through. So <laughs> that 99% <laughs> chance is real. Um, you are the statistic. <laughs> literally, like, um, but I also like to look at us as the t- statistic that um, we're able to overcome any obstacle because the spec- the statistic says, like, you know, young couples, they don't last together or they're not able to um, succeed in life, um, because of an early pregnancy. And I'm, I'm living proof, you know, we're Mm -hmm. pushing through, we're professionals. Um, I didn't leave school. I was, you know, trooping with my big old belly to my college classes while maintaining a full-time job. I mean, we did it. And I honestly could have, I couldn't have done it without Tyrell, like seriously. And that's what I I love about you guys. You both are, open about how much you rely on each other. And I think that's so important in relationships because um, naturally, even I'm sure you guys still have moments too, where sometimes when shit is hitting the fan, we kind of look to our partners like, what you going to do to fix this? Right. Like SOS, help, <laughs> help me out. <laughs> Sending 
smoke signals like come through come help through. right like i'm and, drowning here and did you mention how old you guys both were so i was 22 and i was 25 when we had noah where uh, was your mental headspace at the time girl i was still a child i'm not even gonna lie um bringing a life into this world definitely i don't even think if I were to have a baby now, um, prepares you enough to, you know, care for a new life. I mean, there's no, I don't care what nobody says. There's no book. There's no guy. There's, it doesn't matter how many parenting classes you do. Like a child is like a trial and error. Like there's going to be some days like you're going to feel like shit. And there's going to be some days that you feel like, wow, I feel like I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's your story. It's your journey. It's what you make of it. Um, I'm sure people look at my, my parenting style and it's like, you know, whatever, like Julie is just like laid back, goes with the flow, but that's just who I am. Right. Um, I never want to add pressure to my son or have him feel like he's being criticized for every little thing that he does. Yes. I'm going to recognize his mistakes, but I'm also going to acknowledge his triumphs. Right. Um, and that's just us, you know? Right. I love that so much. And that like, it really shows in Noah's personality. He's super considerate and super sweet. And he just loves being with you guys. So that says oh a lot God. about you. He is the most compassionate person. Like sometimes I look at him, I'm like, wow, I did something right. Yeah. Like, Isn't that because, nice though? Right. Like even the most simplest thing as, you know, mommy, I feel your energy and I just know that you need a hug today. Like that, <sighs> goes so much especially with our stressful jobs um it, it you know it just shows that we're creating like this human for society we're preparing him for like the ugly the happy all the different dynamics you know and i'm sure that he'll look back and he'll remember those moments of us grinding and doing what we have to do in order to give him a comfortable life something right. that both ty and i weren't given right and that's so dope because based on the conversations I've had with parents, there's, mm -hmm. I like to ask about their childhood and their parental influences and what they saw when they were younger, because I feel like I've heard so many different things. So what I love about the men that I've interviewed, including Nico, is that their parents were such positive influences in their life and they were great parents. So they had like a bar and they were like, we got to like go like exceed that you know just right. so that we can pay homage to our parents great parenting and then me and you connect on a crazy level because we come from more toxic backgrounds right and that doesn't mean that we've come into this as people who are not good parents if anything we've like flipped that and we right. wanted to give our kids the complete opposite so i wanted to ask you as well um regarding you know you finding out you were pregnant at a younger and your early 20s what was your family's reaction to it um i think with my mom i'm always i was always playing jokes on my mom like mom i'm pregnant you know what? just like why would you do her. that <laughs> you know because that's just the relationship my mother and i have like i would just always fuck with her you know just mm -hmm. for fun you know like eh, it's monday let me just mess with let my me mom just tell her i'm pregnant again right and me and my mom have such an open relationship where I can tell her like, Hey mom, like, can we go together to go pick up my birth control? Like it's just our relationship. Um, so when I did tell her, I remember it like it was yesterday, she was coming from a funeral. So she's like, ah, Julie, I'm just like, you know, mentally tired, you know, it's not so the day to joke me. around. Yeah. Right. So she's, and I'm just like, no mom, like I'm serious. And 
something that I appreciate too was when I did have this conversation with both my parents separately, um, Ty was there. So it wasn't like I felt alone in that situation to address my parents about this big change. Right. Um, so we were outside in front of the building and I'm just like, no, mom, I'm serious. And she was like, I'm not listening to you, Julie. And when I show her the paper, she immediately embraced me. Wow. And I started crying and she started crying. And I wasn't expecting that reaction. I was hoping for that reaction. But I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting more like, oh, Julie, like you have this going on or this going on. You expected a um, whole lecture. Right. Um. I think that's what I was preparing for. So even when the initial embracing happened and, you know, we both cried, um, I was so thankful for that because finding out that I was pregnant at 22, I was scared Mm -hmm. because it's like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? But I knew that at that moment, I needed to put my big girl panties on and accept it. Right. Um, when I did have the conversation with my dad and Ty was there, his first response was, you're not leaving school. And with the relationship with me and my dad, he's an immigrant. He comes from another country, another culture where education is imperative to, to move forward in life. What culture is that? Just so people listening can relate. So he's Honduran. He came into the States. Um, at the age of 26, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he had a traumatic experience coming into the country. I'm happy to report that he is now a citizen. Ooh. He's American, y'all. Papa got the paper. <laughs> right. He has a little flag <laughs> and he's official tissue. Yes. Um, but he did have a traumatic experience coming into the co- country. He did have a traumatic experience growing up of being a child of an alcoholic and now being an alcoholic himself, um, it was hard for him. So taking his experience and now raising children of his own, he implemented education to the fullest, almost to where it was a little expensive. It was a little much. Yeah, like it was a little stressful for me to take. Um, But the first response was, you're not leaving school. And it was just like a mutual understanding. Like I knew he didn't have to tell me that. I knew like, oh no, I'm going to grind and I'm going to do what I have to do because I need to prepare myself as a woman Mm -hmm. that, you know, worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, right. I need to have my, my stuff in order to be able to show my son, like you can can persevere with whatever obstacle. And even to this day, I'm implementing those skills in my son. So something that, started with my father is now things that I'm trying to show my son. And that's actually amazing because I know you've been on a journey in terms of your relationship with your dad. So for you to sit here and say that you've taken a huge positive away from him and are implementing that as a parent, I think is so, it shows so much growth for you and for both of you in your relationship. And just going back a little bit to when you were a child, what was your first I guess, influence, like, what was your parents' relationship like? Um, <laughs> and like, what, you know, I guess the backstory of your dad and, and that. So my parents' relationship was not the healthiest. Um, there was definitely alcoholism in the home. There was definitely um, domestic violence, um, something that I was exposed to. 
Um, and a lot of trauma. I feel like it was a broken home. Um, my mom is a domestic violence survivor. So she made the ultimate decision to leave my father and then, you know, assume a mom and dad position for short terms. Um, I saw my mom broken at times. I saw my mom going to school, um, bills not being paid and still maintaining food on the table. So that and alone is an inspiration for me. Um, because she did it without the help. Wow. And I'm blessed enough to have a partner that supports me, um, with anything I can go and tell Ty, listen, I want to become an astronaut. And he's like, okay, let's go get your, let's go get your your equipment. (laughs) Like we're going (laughs) to, we're going to make a spaceship in the backyard and we're just going to go to the moon. Um, but my mom didn't have that, you know? So it, it just instilled a strong woman, role in my life is that is that do you think where you get your hustle from because i totally think you're a hustler ah really oh Mm -hmm. you know shining you know honestly like i tell you i tell you like when nico and i talk about things like our plans or whatever i often reference you and ty because so let the people know what you and ty do for a living Okay, so um, I recently graduated with my master's of social work. I'm a licensed master social worker. I'm currently working as a mental health therapist. So I deal with a large range of clients, um, anything from suicide ideation to bipolar to anxiety to ADHD. Um, the, it's it's a big range. Um, so I love my job because it's a melting pot. Like you don't know what you get, but you adjust. Um, yeah. You're able to cater your service in order to treat any client. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is New York's finest. Um, he's an NYPD police hey. officer. Um, and I'm so proud of him and appreciative of everything he does. I love that. You guys are just out here grinding. So I'm going to ask you guys more questions about that and parenting together later. So this is going to be a different kind of episode. What I'm doing is Julie and I are talking about her um, role as a woman, as a mother on our own. And then we're going to get our hubbies involved after and just chop it up a little bit. Um, And I wanted to, I wanted you to talk more about what you took away from seeing your parents' relationship. And I feel like based on what we've talked about, just as like sisters on the side, right? you were kind of like a mother figure to your siblings too. So I feel like you've been grown. Like, unfortunately, you know, a lot of women of color are already told at a young age that like, oh, you're mature for your age. But oftentimes it's because like, we got to act like a motherly figure, sometimes even to our own parents. Right, right. Someone got to assume the responsibility. And I think um, you nailed it Um, from a cultural perspective. Like uh, a woman is supposed to be holding down the house while the man goes out and, you know, grinds and brings the money. Um, But unfortunately, well, fortunately, my mom was both. My mom was grinding and she was trying to maintain the household. So as the young lady of the house, I was expected to, you know, ensure that my brothers are taken care of, that my brothers are like fed and the house is clean because that's less than my mom has to do when she gets home. Now, this is coming from a, 
someone that she raised three kids by herself, maintaining a full-time job, and even going back to school to pursue her bachelor's degree. So that just speaks volumes in itself. So mm-hmm. if it was even me try- attempting to make macaroni and cheese or um, perfecting my rice skills or you know, unpacking the groceries, that's something less of what she needed to do. That's yeah. something off her plate. Um, and I think that made me the woman that I am today. Because even as simple as, you know, Julie, I want this to eat. Oh, it's done. Say no more. Um, But this is coming from skills that my mom implemented in the home. Right. My mom didn't need to tell me, Julie, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. It was done. Even before she needed to come home because I wanted to ensure that she was okay. Right. So this is coming from a person that was making sure her siblings is okay and then also her mother. Right. And- I, we have a very um, strong support system within my family. Um, I have a, a ton of aunts, strong women, who also have to, the similar experiences as dad walking out, mom having to raise the children. Mm-hmm. So it's not just coming from my mom. I have a group of women that said, no, Julie, you don't drop the ball. If a door closes, you pick up the ball and you go through the next door. Right. Because obstacles that. are there to overcome, not to hinder you. Mm-hmm. So those are skills that, you know, I cherish so, deeply. Thank you, mama. Thank you for those you know, skills. Push it's crazy. Through. It's crazy because like, really like, you know, we, we talk about these things that we've gone through and we still like, we'll vent to each other or whatever, but the struggles really make you who you are. There was a point in my life where I think like most people, you're like, why did these things have to happen though? Like, no, you know, I didn't, I didn't need that to happen. That was terrible. But now I'm in a different space where if those things didn't happen, I wouldn't have like the gratitude or the survival strategies or just the resources in my mind to handle these situations. Right. Um, What would you say is like the most important thing, not just for young moms, but for moms in general in terms of mental health and maintaining their headspace so that they can be the best version of themselves, not just for their family, but for themselves? Um, I think for one, as a woman, as a mom, understanding that there's no perfect mom. I mean, mistakes are, are there for learning experiences. And I feel like, um, when something happens, it's meant to happen in the Mm -hmm. exact way that it happens. Mm -hmm. And you can dwell on, oh my God, this does, it didn't work this happened to me. Oh my God, I'm so upset. Or you can learn from the experience, say, you know what, I'm going to try this differently next time. I've learned from this um, mistake. Now I'm going to be better. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that just speaks to resilience, even as women, like, you know, you want to instill to your children that there's always room to move forward. Right. If you focus on the now, you're missing you're missing your opportunity for the future. I really, Try really to push like through, push through all day. You got to push through. You know what? Parenthood doesn't discriminate against nobody. No. When you are a parent, it doesn't matter how rich you are. Of course, like, yeah, if you can afford nannies and stuff, that helps. But if it doesn't matter, like that emotional and mental impact is still there. For real. But you can have all the nannies in the world and you're still losing out on time. Exactly. You're Whether still it's sleep out- time. Right. Or bonding time. Bonding, learning experiences. I feel like Raina has been my greatest teacher. As a mother, what has been your greatest lesson that Noah has taught you or that motherhood has taught you 
How have you been schooled? The biggest lesson that Noah's taught me is, okay, how do I explain this? So it, love is bigger than me. Mm. Love is bigger than what I thought. Mm-hmm. I feel like him being in my life has truly opened up my mind to love. Wow. Like I can sit here and say, I love tied to death because I honestly do. That's the of love course. of my life. Right. But Noah has opened a component that I never even knew I had. That's beautiful. Like I literally would give anything for this kid. That's like beautiful. my own life. Um, Nico often looks at Reina or just we're, we're talking about her and he literally says it with so much passion in his soul that mm-hmm. He's like, I love her so much. It hurts. Like, yeah, I love her yeah, so like much. Yeah, like that. Like, like that. Like, it's just. Like, a pos- in a positive way. It's not meant to be hurt. He's just like, I love her so much. It's just like, like, this person cannot be fucked with in any way. Like, I just. Want- oh, no. I'm doing time. Like, oh, <laughs> we, we I'm, talked I'm about this. Bid, Listen, know? one little girl was bullying her at daycare um, before all this pandemic. And right. I'm like. I told Nico, I'm like, you go to that daycare and you talk to the educators who are amazing. I'm like, because right. if I got to go there. No, it, it's like, um, you need to put me on FaceTime, Pearly. Like, it's it's going to be problem. hands with this three-year-old. Right. Like little girl, parent, whatever. But, but it's almost like, like you said, like it hurts. Like, you know, anything or anyone can say something and it's just like you see red. Because it's, it's so, like a protective factor almost. It's true. And Every parent loves their kid. I'm not doubting that, but me and you bond on a different level because we come from a lot of hurt and a lot of um, a space where there's a lot of opportunity for growth and change. And I, I see our kids are just, every kid is different, but our kids are like born empathetic. Right. They're just born. I was just telling you that the other day, like her heart is so pure. That's it. They're born empathetic. So Reina's going through all this. And like, this was the first time and she goes to daycare kind of like part-time-ish. Right. And this was the first time where I, when I picked her up that day, she was emotionally done. She, I was going to take her to like Starbucks just to get myself a coffee and get her a little cake pop, which like she never, we don't do a lot of sweets. So for her, that's like the ultimate treat. Um, And not because she got bullied, but just because I felt like it that day. And she was like, sitting in her little car seat in the back with tears in her eyes. She goes, mommy, I just want to go home and I don't ever want to come back here again. And she's three oh years old. And when we come home, I'm talking to her about it, you know, cause I want her to know, like, you're still safe there. You're still safe here. And like letting her know that it's not this girl's malicious intention. Like they're just kids right. and they're learning. And this sweetheart still said, mommy, I still love, or I shouldn't say the girl's name. I'll cancel that out. But she's like, mommy, <laughs> I still love, my friend blank <laughs> yeah blank and in my mind i'm just like mm, fuck that little bitch but <laughs> right like i'm i'm pulling up <laughs> like, we don't love her anymore <laughs> i'm pulling up don't talk to her but honestly like so in turn i was emotionally and mentally drained because it just she is three years old expressing to me that i still love this girl she's still my friend even though she's been telling me that I'm ugly, my clothes are ugly. And she's telling Reina things like your parents are never, never coming to pick you up. At and three? At three. Oh, no. And Reina, like we just lost our dog in January. And yeah. he, he's been in her life since she was born. 
And so when we lost our dog, Pluto, she's so fucking woke. She asks me, mommy, um, like we put it when we started putting her to bed and stuff, she was scared that when you close the room door, like she may not see one of us ever again. Same like Pluto. Okay. So it was like the grief, like her way of grieving. Right. And like the daycare educators knew this. And I told them like, you know, she thinks that people aren't coming back or whatever. So just understand that she's very in a fragile state. And she was home like a week after he passed. And then we, then we sent her back part-time daily because you got to maintain the routine. Right. Right. So when this girl, like when I picked Raina up, she, I like heard her crying and she's not, you know, a kid that typically cries for no reason and stuff. So I'm like, oh my God, something bad must have happened. And the daycare educator just said like, oh, her friend was joking and said this. And I'm like, Mm. you see, my daughter is a mess. You know, I've been vocal about what she's actually concerned about. So for you guys to not see that you need to talk to this girl about telling my daughter that her parents are never coming to pick her up. Like, this is the worst thing in the world for this three-year-old right now. How are you not? Where's the uh, uh, adults intervening? That's what I'm saying. So once I told them, they're like, okay. And like, it's funny because um, at the daycare, they've told us that like, we're the only parents who really like schedule meetings and sit down with them to talk about these things. And I told the daycare owner who like, we're dope. Like we text. I know like right, right, we, right. we shouldn't be yeah. like that, but I love her. She's an older lady. She's so sweet. Um, right. Not older, but she's maybe like my mom's age, this amazing Italian lady. And I, I told her like, Reina is very empathetic and highly intuitive. So she's different. And I was like that as a child, but I didn't know. And my parents were not the type to really care or cater to that. Right. So I'm seeing that in her. So I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that. So are there certain things in Noah that you see that you're like, you didn't get. So you're like, let me focus on this. Again, I think Noah and, and Reina have the similarities where they are empathetic. Um, He's just, he's so compassionate, even if it's to give someone his last piece of snack or something, he's willing to be so selfless. Um, And even when I was younger and I was seeing abuse happening in my household, I was quiet about that. And I kept that all inside. But with Mm -hmm. Noah, if something bothers him, he's so strong and willing to express himself. Um... And he's just, I don't know, he's, the other day he told me, um, well, not the other day, he, he told me he missed a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, like I got to share him. And, you know, <laughs> and it's the sweetest person. Yeah. Um, but so sweet. Just connecting with him emotionally. And he's just like, mommy, like everything going on. Like I miss my friends and I miss you know, my routine and like mm-hmm. school is his thing. And now he's sharing his thing with me at home. So just him vocalizing his feelings is just, I was very quiet as a child. I kept everything inside. I kept all the trauma inside. Till this day, I still keep everything inside. When I'm upset, I keep everything inside. When I'm sad, I keep everything inside. And I know it's not the healthiest way to kind of cope. And it's, it's, funny because as a therapist I tell everybody no you have to express yourself talk about it (laughs) tell me tell me and that's something that I I kind of had to work through on my own um but Noah's like the total opposite he's just like listen I'm not feeling it I'm not in the mood or mom you hurt my feelings when you said x y and z or dad you know I'm happy I'm excited to see you he's not afraid to express himself 
So that's something I admire from him. And that's a testament to like you guys giving him those tools again, right? And you are unable to not bottle shit up because you were conditioned to just like power through it and be your mother's strength, right? Right. And not that she conditioned you, but that's that was your survival mentality. That's what you had to do. That was my coping mechanism. And it takes a lot of unlearning as parents, but it's beautiful that you're able to give Noah that space at least. So you're aware of it, but it still takes work. Right, right. And it's something that, I mean, we have our days where we have good days and he's able to vocalize. And then we have like, you know, the days that he's crying and I'm like, what's going on? And I even tell him, I'm like, listen, do you need a minute? And he'll tell me, he's like, mom, I need a minute. He'll get himself together. And then we have the conversation after where he's like, you know, mom, I was upset because you did this or you said this to me. And I'm just like, oh, snap, let me catch myself. Let they me, correct you. They you check know? us. And I have to be real quick. Like, you know, I'm sorry, Pops. Like, I didn't mean to say that. That wasn't my intentions. You know, like I was occupied, so I might have got frustrated. So I have to break it down to him, like step one, two and three for him to understand my perspective, but also me taking the L and saying, you know, mm-hmm. that was a fuck up. I don't know, like oftentimes when I'm overwhelmed and I step away and reflect, it's a lot of my own shit. Right. Projecting. It's like, oh, Reyna was acting up today or Reyna was like not listening as much today. When I reflect on it, yeah, she they have their days, you know, we all know that. But recently I like sat back and I'm like, I'm on edge because I'm like needing more space now that we're all in the house together 24-7 and stuff. And like she's feeling that. Yeah, totally. So we got to watch our energy around the kids. And it doesn't mean that you can't have your bad days or or sad days or whatever. You totally should because they should know. But I think we like all should realize that we should still talk to them like normal human beings. Yeah, with respect. With respect, yeah. Okay, let's pause this recording aspect and we'll get our man. 